It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. And we're back on Green and Growing. You know, I'm having a great time. We've got two hours under our belt already. One more hour to go. My guests have made me just crack up today. Melissa Gardner, Atlanta Radio, or uh, Melissa Carter, was my celebrity gardener, Atlanta radio personality. Jay Black came on, and we had a great conversation about the history of Augusta National. And now I'm joined by my friend Joe Lample, Joe Gardner, who's taken the time this morning to so generous, generously call in. And we're having a blast because I am just making you way busier than you needed to be. <laughs> That's okay with me. I Thank love you. it. So Busy yeah, is good. Busy is very good. So we appreciate you taking the time out. You're going to stick around for maybe another half hour, hopefully, or so, and we'll answer everyone's yep. calls. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had all this other stuff I want to talk about, but don't even need to. The calls are so great. We're going to jump right in head first, Joe, okay? Okay. All right. Up first is Janice in Lawrenceville. Good morning. How are you? Hey. Hey, good morning, Ashley. So what can we do for you? You've got a great question, I believe. (laughs) Well, my question is, with our shelter-in-place order and staying at home and not going out except for essentials, I would like to consider my gardening habit essential. Mm-hmm. So how do I go about um, shopping for plants at this point? Now, Joe, before you jump in there, I, I do want to uh-huh. mention I've been in touch with a Georgia's Urban Ag Council and Mary Kay Woodworth, mm-hmm. who has really gone to bat for gardeners and for landscapers as well with different cities and different jurisdictions in metro atlanta and has fought for them to be kept considered Mm -hmm. essential so yeah to answer your Mm -hmm. question janice for sure and joe i know you've got some great insight on you know giving folks advice on different ways to go about buying plants these days i do and i want to first of all say i had a great experience going to pike uh last week i needed some seeds and I didn't know that you, you know, I didn't know that they're not essential, or at least technically according to whoever decides that. So I just thought I was going to bop into the store and pick up my seeds and come home and plant them. But I, I got into the parking lot and they had it all blocked off and a be- beautifully blocked off, I might add. Lots of plants and everything for my Milton store. And um, they had a sign there. And so I just kind of got the guy's attention inside. He came out and I realized that they were just taking orders in advance. So online or call ahead and then they would fill it and have it ready for you. Uh, I hadn't done that. So he was able to help me and go pick my seed packs and bring them to me. And then it was a touchless process from there. And uh, I was so impressed. I even did an Instagram story about it and and tagged them and posted it because I thought that was such a smart way to do it. But um, so for us locally, we're fortunate in that we have that option. But, you know, um, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Actually, we talked about that a little while ago, but, you know, creating ways that for the seedlings that we sold here to, to make those available to people in a, in a socially distanced and appropriate way as well. So, you know, there's local farmers like me or growers like me that, you know, get the word out on social media. You can check your next door app or your local Facebook app. That's a good idea. People like that. Yeah. And see who's doing it locally that maybe not be a retail. If you want to just get out and drive in the country and you know pick up some plants from your guy like me then you know you can do that too but i think we're fortunate in that i don't know why we shouldn't be considered uh essential i think it more than ever we should be allowed to grow food and you know plants what's more essential than that i don't know 
Absolutely. And and we spoke last week, Joe, with um, Jimmy Adams of Adams Briscoe Seed Company down in Jackson, Georgia. And he's considered mm-hmm. essential not only because yeah. of plants and seeds and things like that, but, you know, agricultural needs and food for animals and things like that. But he said, and this was such a good metaphor, them taking away the opportunity for us to sell to the public on Good Friday is like taking uh. away Christmas Eve from, you know, retailers, because that is one Uh, of the busiest days. And I know spring, this could not happen at a worse time for nurseries in this industry with the different guidelines we're having to follow. But yes, Janice, to encourage you to go to pikenursery.com. And many nurseries are doing that as well, taking orders over the phone. Pike can take it over the phone, but they'd prefer you go on pikenursery.com and be able Mm -hmm. to fill that out. You can tell them what plants you want or email them a list of the plants that you prefer, and then curbside pickup. So yes, thank goodness we are still able to garden. 404-872-0750. Sherry in Norcross. Hey, how are you? Good morning. How are you? We are having fun today. I'm glad you called. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been busy working outside in the garden and pulling weeds and getting ready to put down pine straw. I noticed that I have a seven-foot butterfly bush. And I kept my little tag on it, and it said to prune it in the spring. I go online, it says to prune it in the winter. So I really don't know if I should cut this thing down or not. It does have some leaves at the very end of the branches. Joe, what, what yeah. say you? I say cut it. You uh, you can't turn the clock back, and that's no problem with a butterfly bush. Ideally, you want to prune uh, something severely, if you're going to do severely at all, in in the time that the plant is dormant. And obviously that's just before now, but uh, a butterfly bush is such a tough plant. It's kind of bulletproof, and so you can really uh, even get aggressive if you want to. The general rule is to try not to remove more than one-third of the volume of the plant at any one time or one-third of the length, like from the length of the branch, if you start from the top back just a third, but with a butterfly bush, that's kind of one of those exceptions to the rule. And so even now uh, it hasn't, it hasn't grown out enough yet to, uh, to be impacted. And even if you did wait, you still couldn't hurt it. So go out there today after you finish your weeding, enjoy the birds, enjoy your pruning and get out to that (laughs) butterfly bush. And so how tall do you think I should cut it down to? Well, a lot of people I know will cut it down way down, you know, like down to a foot or two. That always scares me, even though I know what I'm doing and I know the science behind it. A butterfly bush, you know, blooms on new growth and it's aggressive. So um, it really it depends on what size you're looking for during the summertime. You're going to get several feet of growth out of it, if not more. So, um, you know, if you can avoid cutting it back that far, I would. I would I would cut it back to where you feel like that's a good place when you add to that what new growth is going to come from that after you cut it. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. And you do that every year? You're going to cut this back every year? Well, you can. You don't have to. Uh, if you don't, you're you're going to get a, you know, um, a bush that doesn't bloom as prolifically because it does enjoy that uh, juvenile vigor, that new growth that comes on because then that, it's just very prolific then, assuming you have full sun, by the way. Um, so it's up to you. You don't feel like you need to need to prune it every year, you're still going to get nice blooms out of it. Uh, It's just more to control growth in subsequent years more than it is to stimulate new blooming. Yeah, and that applies to so much. I mean, Joe, I can't Mm -hmm. really think of a plant that you have to prune religiously every year. But Sherry, this may help you and some others 
in my mind, in my simple mind, to really learn gardening and keep things straight, Valentine's Day is when I always cut back my butterfly bush. You're not too late, like Joe said, but just remember this in the future. Valentine's Day, butterfly bush and knockout roses. That just is so easy for me to remember. Then St. Patrick's Day, which has since come and gone, is when I do my panicle hydrangeas. Those seem to be just thrilled when I cut them back. They're starting to put out tiny, tiny, tiny leaves at that point. If I can get to it right before that. But even then, this year I waited till March 19th didn't hurt at all so try to associate if that can be possible you know and we talk about um putting vegetables out on tax day you know if you have something to associate it with sometimes that jogs all of our memories helps us keep it straight up next is james in mableton good morning you're on green and growing james good morning how you doing we are doing great we are so ready for your question i think we're going to get a lot out of this okay uh a couple of questions one was um I would like to, you'd recommend some kind of flowers to put in my garden to, to make sure I get the pollination I need this year. Uh, and I was wondering, do I plant them out of the garden, put a row in the garden, or and how far apart, how far away from the garden, if I'm going to plant it away from the garden, should I do it? All right, so we'll That's start one, with that. One, yeah, we'll start with okay. that. Garden pollinating flowers. Joe, I know you've got some favorites. Oh, gosh. Uh, it, I love so many different flowers. I load up my garden with, you know, of course, zinnias because they're so darn easy to grow and they're, they bloom all through the summer and every color under the rainbow. And so I have those, you know, aligning my garden beds and fence lines, and it just really adds a nice pop to the garden. But um, what you're trying to do, James, is just create uh, food and nectar and pollen sources for different insects to come in uh, because they are in turn going to land on your vegetable plants and pollinate those that need, you know, pollination from uh, insects. And so the more, uh, the, the more things you can add to the party, the more people you're going to attract. And so in this case, it's going to be your insects that are going to help your vegetable garden. But as far as the type of, of flowers, um, Marigolds? I mean, the sky's marigolds. the limit. And, and I mean, marigolds are a great one. They say they're, they repel something. Do they repel mosquitoes or something? Is that true? Uh, I think there's some truth to that. But I think the okay. reason why people plant French marigolds is more to repel uh, a parasitic nematode in the soil that oh. attacks the roots of tomato plants. Ooh. That's the. It has to be a French marigold, though. Okay. Okay. Fancy. All yeah. Right. James, what's your next question? Okay. The next question I have is uh, I have read something about three sisters planting. Where you plant corn, and then you and I, if I understand it correctly, like I put a bean plant on one side of the corn and a squash plant on the other side of the corn, and they sort of run up the corn. Now mm-hmm. the question I have is, uh, what, is there a? I'm not that familiar with different plants. I mean, I would assume I have to get some kind of a running plant. So uh, I was wondering, could you recommend something? And, and is there a better, is there a better variety of corn to plant doing that? Um, well, so the three sisters is a technique that has, you know, people talk about all the time. And I think it originally was something that the Indians did as a way to make the most of their space. And the corn was the stalk that provided the support for the beans. And then the squash, you could underplant at the base of the beans. So you got a lot of mileage out of that space. So if you need the space, I mean, that is certainly a technique, but you know, we've come a long way since then. So it's not something you necessarily have to do and you can, you know, there are other support methods that you can choose. Um, gosh, I haven't grown corn in so long, but there's the one type of corn. What is it? Sweet 
I can't even remember the name of it, but it's the ubiquitous corn variety that everybody grows. Let me tell you one thing about corn, though. If you want to make sure that you've got plenty of ears, you need to have a lot of corn because corn is wind-pollinated, and so you need a good mass of corn stalks with, with the tassels that are going to provide the pollen to create the ears. Mm-hmm. But if you only plant one row or just a few, a handful of you know corn seeds, that may be disappointing for your output. So plant a lot of corn if you're going to plant it, and plant it on the north and west side of your garden. So as it gets very tall, which it will, it's not going to shade out the other sun-loving plants that need that sunlight also. And I looked at, oh, sorry, Joe, I looked up sweet corn and maybe some of the varieties. I'm not as familiar either. Open-pollinated examples, golden, bantam, country gentleman, Mm. and double standard. So anyone who's been Mm. doing that a while, probably in the south, recognizes maybe those three varieties. Yeah. Okay. You know, open-pollinate what you're saying. That's that's a sweet corn variety, yeah, open-pollinated examples, yeah, or those three. Okay. okay. And then, uh, James, actually, did you have another question? Uh, no, I think that was oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we covered it with the three sisters, the corn, squash, and beans, and then varieties of corn. So, great. Thank you so much for that. And, Joe, Lample, you hang around. We're going to have time for more calls here on Green and Growing. Got to take a break. 95.5 WSB. Self-isolation never sounded so good. Listen to Atlanta's news and talk while you're at home on the WSB radio app or tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. Sneaking back up on me here at 823. We're back on green and growing. Great calls this hour. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's waking up and realizing they have time to play out in the yard today. I love it. So your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So you know what's ahead of you. Showers late tonight, but today's sunshine, a high of around 70. It's chilly now, but it is going to warm up. Tomorrow, you've got to be weather aware. Severe thunderstorms, damaging wind, hail, and a tornado cannot be ruled out, says meteorologist Kirk Mellish. That's likely tomorrow, late tomorrow, into Monday morning. So download the WSB radio app. Keep you and your family safe. Get all of the uh, notifications that you're going to need. High of around 70 and lows around 63. So not much temperature difference there tomorrow. So we want to continue with calls. I've got my friend Joe Lample on the line for just another couple of minutes, Joe. And you're staying busy with this uh, project you and your daughter started. (laughs) Folks may want to buy tomatoes and peppers, and you're going to be their man today. I am their man. If if ever there was a time to get some fresh heirloom, organically grown tomatoes and peppers, this is the time. You know, we've all got cabin fever. We can't really get out as often as we want to. And we've got um, a lot, 25 varieties or so of tomatoes and about 15 of peppers that we've been growing. Started from seed, my daughter Amy and I, on our little pet project called Garden Farm Grown. And this is our third year, and it's really turned into something. And its sales have been brisk this year, and we're practicing social distancing and people coming out to our garden farm to pick them up. Cart-side pickup, where they put their orders in, we fill them, we set them out of the cart, they pull up, they grab their bags with their plants. Big smiles emerge wow. from their face and, you know, a, a wave across the, the lawn at them, and yeah. they're off and running. So it's been a blast. So um, for and today's folks, a big day. Yes, and I hope I, I want to hear at the end of the day how Green and Growing has promoted your your sales. Uh, I hope I hope yeah. it does. So for folks yeah. not on social media, they can email their order. This is just for tomatoes yeah. and peppers. Gardenfarmgrown at gmail dot com, yeah. and that's also the Facebook page, right, Joe? That is the Garden Farm Grown is the Facebook page, and you can go there. There's a link to the inventory and colored pictures and descriptions of what we've got. Or if you just email me, I'll send it to you. Uh, I'll send you the link to where you can 
see everything and place an order. But Perfect. today's going to be a big day. We're running out of a lot of varieties, but there's still a good inventory. But, you know, with a sunny day and rain tomorrow, yeah. today's the day. Y'all are yeah. waking up. So go ahead and get those orders in to Joe and um, follow my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. It's all you got to search, Green and Growing WSB. Like the page, and I have all the information there for you. Really nice. quickly, want to go up to Cartersville. Don, you've got about 30 seconds. Great question, though. What you want? Okay. Um, I appreciate you taking my yeah. call. I have not planted my garden yet. I'm waiting for the storm to go by. I have chickens that I have enough compost uh, for a small garden every year. Um, I'm wondering if I need to use, if I can use that chicken manure and not use that, you know, uh, organic fertilizer. Or I have a lady that has everything is organic for her horses, mm-hmm. and I've used it before and it's done great. I, I have a unlimited supply of that horse manure i was just wondering your aspect instead of me going on the big box store and buying a bag of fertilizer joe don don have you so you have used that horse manure from that person's farm in your garden yes. and grown tomatoes and peppers and beans successfully without any adverse situation with your plants yeah absolutely because she's 100 okay. percent organic for her horses okay Okay, yeah, it just the hay needs to be too. So that's that was a concern because if it's not, you run a big risk of persistent herbicides in horse manure. But in your case, you have experience with it, and as long as that hasn't changed, you can use that. As far as the chicken, it's high in ni- the chicken manure is high in nitrogen. So unless it's aged and composted out, it can burn your plants um, because it's too high in nitrogen. So just make sure it's mellowed out over a couple months and it doesn't smell and it's unrecognizable, and that's probably your cue that it's okay to use in the garden. And it is a great nitrogen-based fertilizer for your plants. Joe, you are our man. Thank you so much, Joe Lample. And find the Facebook page, Joe Gardner, Growing a Greener World. Folks need to tune into your show and your YouTube channel. Happy sales to you today, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, we loved having you on. More of your garden calls coming up. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. We're back. Wow, it's been a fun show. I mean, every show is fun. And I think as long as I'm having fun doing this and you're getting something out of it, we're going to continue to have a great time. And uh, God bless Julie. She called and she's on hold. Julie, I will get to your call. But where's Walter's? We are still getting calls every week wondering where Walter Reeves is. He retired on January 25th. And so did the Lawn and Garden Show. But thankfully, the bosses thought I was capable enough to do a revamped version of the Lawn and Garden Show. So that's how we came up with Green and Growing. And I'm definitely pulling back, doing a lot more basic type stuff so that I can learn alongside with you. I think that's very important for me to be credible, to to have you know that I'm doing everything that I'm telling you to do, trying new things, experimenting with things so that I can learn more quickly. Master Gardener classes, not right now, those are on hold, but all those kinds of things. So we have a blast. 404-872-0750. I've made a lot of great friends along the way that I met with Walter in the eight years we worked together and getting those friendships just more close and folks that are willing to help and folks that are willing to help me and guide you as well. Desiree Hyman, you're one of those people that I've grown close (laughs) with. I so appreciate all the opportunities you've given me to from Pike Nursery. How are you? Of course. Good morning, Ashley. Doing well. It's 
you know, that's what we do every day. We just learn a little bit more and get a little bit better. That's that's what we got to do. So definitely the experts, the employee owners of Pike Nursery have guided so many of our listeners in the right directions, just knowing that that's a safe haven to be able to come in and talk to those folks and then give you great garden advice, kind of at a level where you can understand it, you can go home and successfully execute it. And we are missing our Pike employees right now and just that interaction. <laughs> How's everybody hanging in? Everyone's doing really well, and and we miss you, too. It's certainly not the same without, you know, we've had this beautiful weather, and we miss all of you guys in our stores. However, you know, we're putting safety first, and we're still taking requests online for curbside pickup or home delivery. So we'll get through this, but we will be excited to see everyone again. So like Joe Lample said, he, he uh, frequents the Milton store, the newest store here in the Atlanta area, and was... You know, it was a rude awakening to pull up and the parking lot's barricaded <laughs> off. But that doesn't mean that you can't still Correct. shop at Pike Nursery. You can get everything you need online. Correct. Absolutely. So, yes, you can request any plant that you want, whether that, you know, you're starting your victory garden that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. You're doing the landscape because suddenly you have more time. So it's time to replace some of those shrubs and put in some, you know, blooming azaleas or, or whatever it is. We're here for you. So that's great. And, and gardening is essential right now. There was some, you know, yeah. misunderstanding and conflict of whether or not that was considered an essential business. And really just for everyone's safety is why Pike Nursery closed their doors. You know, I mean, it was almost yeah. impossible to practice social distancing. The stores were still pretty crowded, of course, this time of year. So um, still, you know, able to get the best of both worlds. So last weekend, Desiree, we did talk about mm-hmm. container gardens and thrillers, spillers and fillers and all of that. And you mentioned herbs, but we want to delve a little bit deeper because that's something that so many people can be enjoying right now. Absolutely. So we're all, you know, at home probably cooking a little bit more than we usually do. And you know, it's been a little while, so our meals may be tasting the same. So a great way to kind of enhance those meals and also have fun in the garden is by planting some herbs. And really, herbs are easy, and once again, you plant what you like to eat. So as long as you have an area that receives six-plus hours of sunshine, whether that's a balcony or outside, or you can even grow herbs inside in a really sunny window. See, that's so perfect. And I mean, one of the first things I think of with Easter dinner coming up, I'm going to be doing a lot of cooking tomorrow, but rosemary, that's one of my favorites. I love the smell. I love all the uses for it, chicken and potatoes and things like that. So y'all have the whole selection of, of garden herbs that are great for this time of year, right? We do. We have a full assortment and rosemary is one of our favorites. It's, you know, as you said, it's super versatile for your cooking, but it's also one of the easiest herbs. Um, it takes as much sunshine as you give it and not a whole lot of water, which is a really great combination if we tend to forget about it. Also, as it matures, go ahead and use the branches from rosemaries as skewers. Oh. Um, and it actually will infuse the meat and veggies on it. So that's kind of a fun little tip. Wow. I had not thought of that. That's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Some of our other favorites. So sage is another great one, especially as you're looking at Easter brunch. And this is really an herb that is really beautiful. So different varieties come in different colors with lots of different greens and even some yellow tones and purple. So not only is it great to use in the kitchen, it's just a beautiful plant. So you can plant it by yourself, but that's a really, really good one to put in container gardens as well. And then the other uh, herb that tends to be one of our favorites because it's super versatile is mint. However, we do caution with mint. It is very easy to grow. 
but put it in a pot. Because <laughs> when you put it in the ground, it, it likes to spread and spread and spread and can get a little unruly. So it's nice that it's easy, but make sure that you put it in a pot so it's contained. That is so great. That is definitely one of the garden basics that you could be doing today. Growing herbs, enjoying some of the herbs in your garden. And like Desiree, you said, you don't even have to have a garden per se. You can have a windowsill. You can have pots. Very easy and good for those with limited space or maybe balcony gardening and that, those kinds of situations. Yeah, and also kind of fun to plant an herb in a pot and maybe give it to someone who can't get out or just a fun little Easter surprise as well. That would be thoughtful. Okay, so if you don't mind, go ahead and tell us again just the process for going to pikenursery.com since that is right now the way I need to order all of my things from Pike. Correct. So if you go to pikenursery.com, you'll see right on our homepage a link to an order form. You can tell us what you want. You'll choose your store and then either do uh, select curbside pickup. So you just pull in, pop the trunk, and we'll take care of you from there. Or we can deliver it right to your home and place it on your doorstep. So very, very safe, but we can still get you the plants that you want. I do want to note that we will be taking orders, um, you know, continue to take orders online, but our stores will be closed tomorrow uh, for Easter to give our employee owners a chance to, you know, Take a little break and enjoy the day as well. Thank you, Desiree, so much for checking in. I appreciate it. And happy Easter to you and your family. Thank you. Happy Easter. Have a good one, Ashley. You too. We'll be talking to you soon. 404-872-0750. Julie and Jessup, hey there. How are you doing? Hi, Ashley. I enjoy your show. Um, my question is, I have um, a black planter, you know, those uh kind of wide ones and tall ones, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Can I put two tomatoes, plant, two tomato plants in it? Um, I picked up one at a local uh, gardening shop here, and, and there were two of them in it, and I was surprised. And I was wondering, will they grow really well? I, I wouldn't, and I know a lot of people like the whiskey barrel method, too. You know, they end up with these really cool barrels and want to plant things in them, and those are very large. The only reason I wouldn't put two tomatoes, just because of the air circulation. If they're going to be way too close to each other, they're not oh. going to have room for the leaves to come out as much as they need to. And with poor air circulation, that's really going to bring a, a lot of disease and pests and things, too. So as, as oh. efficient as it sounds, I don't think it's the best idea. But there could be some other things, Julie, that you put in there with the tomato. You could have something that vines, maybe like a sweet potato vine or something, or even like a squash or something, if you were able to have it not set on concrete, but maybe have it set on the ground somewhere in a bed or around Pine Star or something where something could creep over it and then continue on the ground. Would that be something you could consider? Well, I have it on the the grass, and it's a a black planter, and it's plastic. And um, and you say it, it's not good because there's no air circulation. Right. Um, with two plants growing side by side in oh, it, then they're not going to get good air circulation just amongst yes, the, the height of the stems. Yeah. All right. All right. Can I put one uh, tomato plant in? Absolutely. Yes, I would I would definitely advise that too. And you know, be ready to stake it up if it needs to be staked once it gets really tall and of course be thinking ahead to critters once it starts to fruit. We definitely want to protect it from squirrels and birds and that kind of thing. So caging will be something you want to, you know, be logistically able to do later on. Thank you so much for the call. Julie up next, we go south to Robert in Fayetteville. Good morning. You're on Green and Growing. 
Good morning. Good morning. I just have a simple question. My son had sent my wife and I a uh, it's a clematis. It's called a Daniel Deronda, I think it is. Okay. And we're just trying to determine whether we can just put that in a large pot or it actually needs to be planted in the ground. I definitely think you can put it in a pot, Robert. And for some folks, it comes back year after year. It just really depends on your climate. Um, with you being further south, it may actually come back. So having it in a pot's not a bad idea, but you're spot on. It needs to be a large pot and just make sure you've got it close up against something. You know, it's going to want to trail up and climb up. So make sure you've got that pot somewhere where the, the plant's going to have somewhere to go vertically. Okay, or we could put it like a trellis, one of the trellises in the pot itself also? Yes, that would be great, absolutely. Okay, well, excellent. And, and I heard you guys talking earlier about the compost, and as I was researching this, it talked about coffee grounds. So putting coffee grounds in that pot would be good, or do I need to let it sit for a little bit? Or how long do I need to let the yeah. coffee grounds you don't even really need to do any composting with something like clematis. Um, you can. It's not going to hurt. And no, I mean, I I have not read any science or anything that says you need to wait or, you know, let them, you know, level out a little bit or anything like that. I think that's totally fine to do. Not necessary, but you can. And if you have, you know, edible gardens, that's probably more beneficial in spots like that to use the coffee and compost and things. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, excellent. Well, thank you so much. Y'all have a good day. So glad you called. You too. 404-872-0750. Got a couple of minutes to talk to Brenda in Woodstock. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question. Is it too late to put out Bonide weeder, Weed Beater Complete? It is not, Brenda. That is great news for you. You've got Weed Beater Complete and Weed yes. Beater Ultra. So both of those products from Bonide Ultras just concentrate, but I do like Weed Beater Complete just because it's granule. It's easy to, you know, apply, and you're going to want to do that when the grass is damp and then when mm -hmm. it's going to be able to be rained in, which will be mm -hmm. tomorrow, so you don't have to wait much much longer for that. But it also, in addition to doing post-emergent and treating some of the weeds now, it's got pre-emergent weed control in it, too. So it's going to at least help you get ahead one season of some of the weeds that you're going to see. It's good for most lawns, but definitely read the label. I think there's some catches with St. Augustine, perhaps. But it is going to do broadleaf, grassy weeds. So that is really, really good product to use. Weed Beater Complete. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Great to hear from you, Brenda. Thank you so much. All right. A few more of your calls, and we got to wrap things up. I've had so much fun. I could go another few hours with all of you. But thank you very much for tuning into Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. You may have to work from home, but who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. And for the next few minutes, it's Ashley Frasca. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Last few minutes in the Dave Baker getting in here for the Home Fix-It show live from 9 to noon. Your weather update for the weekend sponsored by Finley Roofing. Today's going to be beautiful. A high in the low 70s. It is going to warm up and sunshine. Tomorrow is when we have severe thunderstorms rumbling through metro Atlanta. Damaging wind, hail, maybe tornadoes as well. You've got to keep it here to 95.5 WSB late tomorrow and into Monday morning. Obviously, you're not traveling a whole lot, but I wouldn't advise you being on the roads during those times with severe thunderstorms. And be sure to download the WSB radio app. You'll get all the push alerts and the information you need. And if the power goes out, you can broadcast us live with the app from your phone. So we hope all of you stay safe and just prepare for those storms. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend.
Keep it simple for you. Late March, early April. Right now, it's okay to plant fescue lawns. September, October was best, but right now, optimum air temperatures, we've been hovering around 68 to 75 degrees. Soil temperatures have dipped down just a little bit, but they were hanging pretty steady above 60 degrees. That's what we're looking for. If you're going to spray glyphosate like a Roundup to kill weeds before you sod or you seed, wait two weeks after doing that before you plant. Number two, green grass and Bermuda lawn. Right now, what you're looking at is probably annual bluegrass, Poa annua. You can dig it out manually, but better yet, just make a mental note to put out weed preventer next September. And another one is look out for white fly and maybe some mites affecting azaleas, gardenias, things like that. Imidacloprid, that's really the main active ingredient that you may or may not need to know, but a systemic insecticide is going to be drawn up into the plant's sap. It poisons the bugs like the white fly that you see. So now is a good time to do that. Bio-advanced 3-in-1 insect disease and mite control is just one of the many products you can use. 404-872-0750. Hal, I think we're going to have time for you out in Conyers. Good morning. Hey, how are you doing? I'm having a blast. I hate that they're kicking me off the air, but it's what we got to do. I just, <laughs> I just love your show. Oh, and thank you. I, I was, I'm disappointed that uh, Walter Reed's retired. He was, he was too young to retire. Me too, but I have him on every every Saturday at six thirty, and he is still funny as ever and sharing his garden knowledge with us. So get up a little earlier, and you won't miss him. <laughs> okay, I got a few questions. Okay, I've got. Uh, you won't believe it or not, but I've got two. 55-year-old, 30-foot-tall crepe myrtles. Uh, they bloom for about one month during the summer. They don't re-bloom. Uh, are they too big to cut back? I never advise pruning crepe myrtles. I'm just not a fan. I don't think it's necessary, and I don't necessarily think in your case pruning is going to invigorate a much more you know, heavy blooming cycle with them. Um, if you are interested in keeping them in place and finding out if they're able to bloom a little bit more, I would have an arborist come look at them because they are okay. so old and so big. There may be more to it than that. Well, I see when I'm driving around, I see these huge crepe myrtles just really full of blooms, blooming like months. And why do some bloom longer than others? You know, a lot of it is environmental too, Hal. We notice that in cycles over the years that I've been with Walter on this show Many of you will notice that in the same year that some bloom great some years and some years they don't. So it really depends on what the temperatures were over the winter time and also just the environmental conditions. We've had an awfully wet spring, so it has late winter, early spring. It has yet to be determined what that's going to do to the crepe myrtles. Hal, you had a great question about grass, but we got to go. Next Saturday, Clint Waltz is a turf expert from the University of Georgia, a wealth of information and knowledge from Clint about grasses. So I would ask you to call back next Saturday and talk to Clint. He's going to be able to answer all of your grass questions at 7.30, beginning next Saturday, 7.30 here on Green and Growing. I'll be back, though, at 6 a.m. Can't wait to do another show with you folks. Three hours on your Saturday morning. I really appreciate your time and the time we spend together. Find me on Facebook in the meantime, Green and Growing WSB, and I'll be back as part of Triple Team Traffic with Mark Aram and the gang and Smile and Mark McKay Monday morning at 4.30. I think you're sleeping in. You don't have to go to work, but I do. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter and blessings on you and your family. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done 
which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.